0: So my goal here, I do have a goal in this message. We're gonna teach and break down what prophecy is, and then we're gonna get a context of what Paul meant in the corporate environment, amen? Because it matters what we do together. It matters what we do individually, but now that we're in church, we need to understand spiritual things. Can I get an amen? When we understand spiritual things, we can apply them over and over again and see great results. So, I'm going to read a memory verse um, out of, uh, it's my memory verse, not yours, but Acts chapter 2, verse 17. It says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Amen. So, I want to just begin to uh, open up a little bit by letting, give a a good hand for Robert here. Amen. Amen. I almost let him stay. Amen. God has been gracious. So let's start about, let's, let's open up to first Corinthians chapter 14 verses one through three. We're going to be in first Corinthians 14. We're going to bounce around the Bible a little bit. Everyone say Bible. It's important if you hear a minister that they minister from the Bible. Amen. <laughs> But I want to break this down from the very beginning. So it says pursue love yet desire earnest earnestly spiritual gifts but especially that you may prophesy for no one speaks in a tongue for one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God for no one understands him but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. Verse 3. But, what, but the one who prophesies speaks to men for edific, edification, exhortation, and consolation or comfort. Now, the first thing I want to point out before we go back to the beginning is God has created this ability in each and every one of you. When he created you, he put all he had in you. How that gets unlocked is when you're born again. When you say yes to Jesus a key goes in your heart and it unlocks a treasure chest and all that God has is inside of you say inside of me So it's not an accident that God did this we have a divine ability and right to be used by him but I want to go back to the beginning in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 and I'm going to it shows here How God does things. Now, you're going to hear me say this through the course of the message. Biblical order begets biblical results. Amen? God likes doing things by biblical order. Amen? In my house, I am king. Is my wife in the room? (laughs) Until I make a mistake. Amen? My point is... When you have biblical order, you have the best from God. Amen. So it says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2: the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. Here it comes. And the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters. You're like, Pastor Jeff, what's that mean? Well, God came to something that was dark, formless. And had no hope, but his nature hovered over the dark thing. The only way when God spoke and declared, let there be light, the spirit of God had to be in unison with God. So when he spoke the word, it happened. That was prophecy in the very beginning. Without the spirit of God, there is no prophecy. Amen. Amen. So nothing comes into being without the spirit of God bringing it to action. That's why it says in Isaiah 55, 11, so my word which goes out of my mouth will not return empty. It won't return void. Because that's what it was in Genesis. And Jesus brought us back to the the garden, our original intent. So if God said that my word goes forth and it won't return empty, when we prophesy, it won't return empty if we do it biblically and in order. Can I get an amen? So let's define what prophecy is. 1 Corinthians 14.3. It says, whoever prophesies speaks to men. For edification, exhortation, and comfort. The word edification, it means the act of building something or building up. The act of building something or building up. The act of building something means when you go to someone to build something, you have a purpose behind it. You cannot build something without a purpose. If you do, you can never build it up. Can I get an amen? We are the buildings of God. We are the people of God. So when I want to edify someone, there can't be any malice in my heart. There can't be any ill intent. When you, go, when you're, when you have pure motives to build someone up, you are truly edifying them into a better place. That's what edification means. That means it's the act of building up. The second one is exhortation. I thought this was good. Exhortation. To exhort someone means to call them near. It also means to encourage. Barnabas was called the son of encouragement, but I really hung on to call someone near to help them. When your purposes are right and you know someone is struggling and you want to build them up, you want to encourage them, it's like you're calling them near to you so you can speak life to them. Everyone in this room wants to be seen. We long to be seen. And when you exhort someone, what you're saying is, I see you right where you are. I'm not afraid of where you are, but I see you. It's important that we understand this because we see a a lot of examples of prophecy that are good but may not be so biblically sound. A lot of zeal, not a lot of knowledge. Are you still here? That's good. Amen. (laughs) So when we call someone near, we want to exhort them. We want to tell them it's going to be okay. We're going to tell them that we understand and that we see you. And what that does in their heart, it brings hope. Go to Romans chapter 5, verse 5. This word also is the same word that Jesus used to define the Holy Spirit. Paraclete, which brings hope. So It says, such hope in God's promises never disappoints us because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit. So we got edification, we have exhortation, and the last one, if not the most important one, is consolation or comfort. It literally means to step into providing for someone through disappointment or suffering. I can speak to this church that did that for me. Three years ago, December 27th, my father went to heaven. But my life group and the group that we have every other Tuesday in the back room, they began to minister to me in a a great way. Even though I was a leader, they they looked past all the title. And they said to me, we are here for you. They comforted me, not with just words, but by being there. Can I get an amen? We need less of talk, talk, and more of being there. I don't need to hear how you love me. Show me that you love me. Less talk, talk, more walk, walk. Now walk it out, walk it out. Okay, sorry. (laughs) I had to do it, man. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This level of caring produces something that someone said, it was Pastor Pat, kingdom expansion and not self-promotion. We want kingdom expansion. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear it. Show me what you're working with. Show me that you love me with less of what you think I need, but more of what I really need. Do you see me? So let's get to my first point here. I want to get to our first point. But before I go into these, I want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 20. It's very important that you hear my heart. I love this scripture. It says, brethren, do not be children in your thinking. Yet in evil be infants, but in your thinking be mature. The reason I read that scripture is we're about to shift. Everyone say shift because we have defined prophecy. Now we need to understand the demonstration of prophecy. So I need us to be mature in our thinking. You are born again. What is born of the flesh is of the flesh. And what is born of the spirit is of the spirit. When we judge spiritual things because we don't have understanding, we do ourselves an injustice. Prophecy, when done right, builds the church. Everyone say church. It's not this natural building. It's you and me. That's why God divine defined prophecy in the church, is to build it, to edify it, to lift it up, to instruct it, to strengthen you, to say you can make it. I don't need self-help, I need love. Mm. Point number one, the pursuit of prophecy. The Bible says in the New Living Translations, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter t- uh, 14, verse 1, let love be our highest goal. But you, everyone say you, should desire special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. You know, the gifts that you possess are not yours, they're for the church. Me being a prophet and able to prophesy is not for me, it's for the church. It's not so I can have self-promotion and get the click, click, click. I'm not interested in that. I've been part of clicks; I was dying in that. I want the power of God through the church. And the pursuit of prophecy starts with the love of God. When you love well, You live well. When you love well, you believe the best for the other person. Even if they do things against you. Didn't he say? Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. So the pursuit of prophecy must start with agape love. It can't start with your love, what you think, how you feel. That's important, but not in the church setting. Okay, I said that. It went. Whew. <laughs> so I'm gonna slow down and say it slower. Maybe if I say it slower, it'll hit your heart. the 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 reason why prophecy matters, it's not about my personal gain. It's for the church's edification. It has to start with agape love. Point number two, what is the purpose of prophecy? It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 2 through 5. Are you getting something? Oh, it's about to get better because I got 22 minutes. You can add like another hour to that. They're going to be okay. They're going to fast. We're going to stay here to 2 o'clock. Amen? I'm just kidding. You better not, Jeff Jones. I got football. Hmm. <laughs> it, it always happens when I get up here. I start to sweat. I wore extra deodorant, okay? And I am. I, I try not to sweat. I must be a bishop. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. For the one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God, for no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for edification, exhortation, and comfort. I know it sounds familiar. I'm trying to drive it home where the Holy Spirit is. The one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Now, Paul says, I wish that all spoken tongues but rather that you would prophesy. And the greater is the one who prophesies than the one who speaks in tongues unless he interprets so that the church may have edification. Now, let me break this down. The purpose of prophecy in the church, again, is to edify it. But we want clarity, clarity, clarity. We want clear communication when we're prophesying. Now, speaking in tongues is not wrong. I'll say it again. Speaking in tongues is not wrong. Well, some consider it a private form of worship. Speaking in tongues edifies the believer. Can you put up Jude chapter 1, verse 20? Remember, what's born of the flesh is of the flesh. And what is born of the Spirit is of the Spirit. You who have called on Jesus have been reborn in the Spirit. Jude says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, here's something that may not, it went, I couldn't believe God said it. Without you being edified by the Spirit of God and you pursuing the things in the Spirit, how are you going to edify someone else in the Spirit? You can only give them what you have. And if you're not spending time with God, you're spending time with natural things. When someone is battling cancer, I don't need to have the diagnosis. I need to have the solution. And the solution is Jesus is my healer. Two weeks ago, Haley comes out. She goes, we're going to pray for someone. I'm like, what? We're going to cast out a demon? Okay, sorry. (laughs) So we began, we come down and someone in our church had got a diagnosis of cancer. Ten of us went around this person and began to pray for them. We had oils on our oil on our hands, and we put our, our hands on our, on their hands and we began to pray together. Today we got a diagnosis that it's not what we thought it was. It's something very small, something very treatable. But the church said, We're gonna pray, we're gonna edify because we see you. You get you get it without that expression, the world will never come to Jesus. We're too busy fighting over revelation. And what's wrong with the church? I hate YouTube, I'm sorry. This is a rabbit trail I'm gonna step on but not stay. I cannot stand people that talk about God on YouTube because they talk so negatively about him to get the clicks. But they don't walk in the power of the Holy Spirit to be the solution but then you get mad at pastor Jeff because he's walking in the power. That was free. I don't know if you could take it home with you, but I feel better. Just kidding. The second thing, when he says here in verse five, when he says that the greater one prophesies more is greater than the one praying in tongues. Listen, let me give you context. In the Corinthian church in that time, there were so many people that had spiritual gifts. All of them were on fire. Not all of them, but they began to be in a corporate assembly like this, and there would be 20 of them praying in tongues, loud and prophesying. If we did that here, the people that are new here would be going, what is going on? What is wrong with this church? This is a cult. Do you see that they come and they think we're crazy. What Paul was saying was we want order. So if someone is going to pray in tongues in a corporate assembly, he said, it's not bad if you have someone to interpret. Right? Cause praying in tongues is not bad. It's not, it's good. You're bubbling up, you're building up your most holy faith. You're standing in the warfare by praying in tongues, building myself up, building myself up, building myself up. But when we're in a corporate setting, it can't take precedence over what God is speaking. That's what he meant. Amen. So if you see me in the corner, praying in tongues quietly, or maybe you might hear it bubble up a little bit. Don't be surprised at all because I'm keeping it private because it's not for the corporate. That was good. OK. So I'm all over the place. There's no competition in the kingdom. That's what he meant. As long as we're edifying the church, there should never be competition. Point number three, the plan of prophecy. So let me do this. Can I demonstrate this? Okay. Noah, can you come grab this mic? The mic. Yeah, just go to your seat and stand with the mic. (laughs) He's like, what are you going to do? Now, is it on? Okay, I'm going to demonstrate this because I need to do this because the Holy Spirit told me to do it and I hope and I already know he's going to move to demonstrate this. So Noah, you can sit. I want to pray in the spirit and I want to see if you understand me. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Did you understand what I said? Now, biblically, is there anyone that walks in the interpretation of tongues? Amen. Now I do. Noah, when I was praying for you, the Bible, the God says that he's going to lift up your head and he says he wants you to remember there are more for you than against you. And in this season, it seems like everything is falling down. But the reason everything is falling down, he's going to rebuild you. He's going to make it better. He's going to make it easier. And he's going to give you the right to be the trumpeter that you are. Good things are coming, he says, as long as you keep your head up and focus on them who are for you and not against you. Is that accurate? Yep. That is what prophecy does in the church. Come on. You're probably saying, Pastor Pat, did you hear him speaking that language? What is going on? He had no idea. But I had to demonstrate it because the Holy Spirit told me to. You needed to see that in action. The Holy Spirit knows your names. He knows who you are. And he knows how to lead you and guide you into all truth. What I'm declaring to you today is the truth. And the enemy, before I had this message, two weeks ago tried to take me out 65 miles an hour on the 78. I got hit by a car on two wheels. My life flashed before me. My jetta hit the ground. I'm still alive. The two boys are alive because God knew I would be here. Ever since that accident, and my wife and I have said some things, I've been get with hit with infirmities and headaches and sickness. And the enemy wants me to agree with that. I don't agree with that, devil. I believe by his stripes, I am healed. I was driving here on the 78, very cautious, because it's a jungle out there. And the headache came. You either agree with the lie or you agree with the truth. It's your responsibility to know the truth. Because if you stand in truth, you will never live the lie. You can put that on TikTok. Okay. Let me, let me wipe my face so you can get a good shot. Hang on. <laughs> we're almost finished point number three what is the plan Pastor Jeff of all this prophecy go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 23-25 through 25. this is God's plan why the church is so important why he wants prophecy to be something and to be demonstrated I'm reading from the Message Bible, and I don't care if the scholars don't like it. It's a great version. (laughs) It says If you come together as a congregation and some unbelieving outsiders walk in on you, and you're all praying in tongues, unintelligible to each other and to them, won't you or won't they assume that you've taken leave of your senses (laughs) and get out of there as fast as they can? But if some unbelieving outsiders walk in on a service where people are speaking, out God's truth, prophecy the plain words we don't need any more mystery make it plain keep it clear don't add anything to it, don't take anything away from it, I teach our class, prophesy the Bible you can't miss don't add anything to it, don't take anything away from it, know the word, speak the word, speak the word in prophecy God will move. And it says uh, in the plain words, will bring up against bring them up against the truth and probe their hearts. Before you know it, they're going to be on their faces before God, recognizing that God is among you. It's not your job or my job to bring them up against truth. Who is truth? Jesus. John 14 6, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. So as we're edifying each other biblically, remember, biblical order gives biblical results. When we're in order in the movement church and they walk through them doors, they're going to feel something different than anywhere else. They're going to feel alive and encouraged. And if someone is in the audience, in a moment, I'm going to give a call for you to know the greatest person in all the world. His name is Jesus Christ. And he died for you and me. And they're going to come against that truth. And it's going to probe their hearts. And they're going to lift up their hands and say, there is a God. There is someone who loves me. I'm not an addict. I'm not a failure. He loves me. He loves me and they're going to lift their hands. That's the power of prophecy. I'll say amen. Stand to your feet. Is that nine minutes? Can I get Robert, please, just to come thump something? I mean, okay. did you get something? Wasn't that good? It was amazing. It really was. Thank you. Two names came up to me. Is there an Amanda in the room? Amanda. How about a Samuel? Sam. Sam. Woo. Samuel can you come to the front that's my ring don't worry about it maybe Amanda's in the second service I was praying this morning and two names never left my spirit it's Amanda and Samuel you stay right there brother it's good Sam I met you the other day now it all makes sense it all makes sense. Samuel in the Bible started a move of God in a man named David. You always see the best in people. Like Samuel went to Jesse and said, where are your sons? And the one that was in the field is the one that he, he was looking for. And Samuel, you're, you ever since you've been here, I've heard good things that you're always willing to help and go the extra mile. He says it's not by accident. The anointing There's a prophetic anointing on your life to be an encourager. Everywhere you go, people feel better. You make them safe. And God says, I want you to lift your hands. Can you guys do me a favor and just stretch forth your hands towards this man? Because God plucked him out for a reason. Samuel, over your family, I heard restoration. God's going to restore your entire family. All of them are going to bow their knee to Jesus. It's in your heart. It is in your heart. Ah, It's in his heart. That his family would know his savior. His healer. And the Lord says for your sacrifice. And your love has come up before me. And it's not a small thing. That I've used the one. The weakest one. The meekest one in the family. You will be the strength. Like the lion of the tribe of Judah will come out of you in praise. So Lord, we release grace to him, release favor to him, and we bless his family. We bless his family. And everyone said, be blessed, Samuel. God is with you. Amen. Prophecy. Prophecy edifies the church. It makes us feel good. Now, the good news is, If you are in the same place and like that word and you want it, take it. I'll take it because I'm praying for my sister and her husband. I'm praying for my other brother. I'll take that. Even though it was for him, it's for the church. Take it, grab it. Can you hold out your hands like you're receiving something? I release grace, I release favor to you. No more running away from me, said. I'm all that you need, all that you need. The Spirit of God is saying, don't run from me. I'm all that you need. And I'm releasing grace to every family, every son, every nephew, niece, every uncle, every Tio, every Tia, everyone under the sound of the voice of the Lord through me. Receive grace. Receive healing. Receive strength. There are more for you than against you. And if God is for you, he says, if I am for you, who can be against you? Lift up your heads, don't hang them down for only the enemy is on the ground I've already won the war I've already done the fight all I need you to do is receive me all I need you to do is receive my grace it's flowing it's easy His yoke is easy and his burden is light. So, Father, I destroy the plans of the enemy. I bind them and I command all of them under the sound of your voice and according to your word, you are bound. And we lose healing and restoration. We lose the heavy burden and the chains to fall to the ground. Receive a fresh start, says the Spirit of God. Says the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. If you need prayer, I'm going to, that's it. If you hear them weeping, go and pray with them. If you hear someone crying, "Can I have someone who can pray?" Go, come alongside. Let's be the ecclesia. Let's be the church. Yes, Pat. Hallelujah.
1: I think one of the things that um, Jeff mentioned just plain and simple like God wants to move in such plain and simple ways but in such powerful ways and we need it more than ever. Um, I think one of the greatest places the enemy wants to attack just as you were as you began just releasing and even praying over Sam. I think one of the greatest areas that God wants to attack past us as individuals is he wants to attack, um, our relationships when it comes to marriages. And so, um, I just really felt like we needed to pray if we could Jeff and I just felt like I wanted to pray for, for marriages. One of the best things that we can do is have a strong relationship with Jesus but his marriages have strong marriages that are submitted to the power of God moving. And um, I just, I, I'm gonna, not only do I wanna pray for the marriages really quick, Jeff, but I think there's a couple of um, husbands and wives that are here and, and I even believe that there's some individuals that are not here with their spouse. And they're going through tremendous, tremendous uh, struggle. I felt like the Lord wanted to minister to your heart here this morning. So and so, if you're um, either a, um, if you're husband and wife, and you're in a place where you're you're really asking God, God, we want to see more. Um, we want to see more of Your hand in our marriage. We want to see You. Give us just this breath of life to walk freely. And I want to pray for you. If you're here and you're struggling in your marriage, I want to pray for you. And also, if you're here even individually and your spouse is not here, um, I just feel like the Lord wants to breathe an encouraging word yes, of encouragement. Yes. God wants you to not give up the hope that you've been praying. Yes, It's okay. Thank you, Melissa. I just felt like you've been really struggling, just asking the Lord to move and you have such a heart and I just feel like you've been hanging on making your way forward, but you feel like you're barely hanging on. Yes. Is this making sense? And i just feel like you just you needed to sense that god he sees you he hears you he sees where your heart has been hurt he sees where you're struggling and this is super important because you don't feel let me me use this term not you you feel alone in a lot of ways and god wants you to know that you're not alone He has not given up. He hasn't quit. He's at work. And he's asking you just to trust him a little bit more. Is that is that fair? Melissa, would you guys pray would you just pray for her? There's others. I don't know her name, but um you guys can just get her name and pray for her. Thank you. Marriages. If we want to win. In our cities, if we want to win, in our neighborhoods, if we want to win, I believe that it begins in the home. And I believe it begins in the relationships of husbands and wives. God wants to restore what's been broken. He wants to heal where there's been trauma and pain. Um, If you're standing here today, married couples, Would you just do me a favor? Could you just could you just lift your hand and say, Man, I want this prayer. It's okay. Amen. 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 Thank you. Um, here's what here's what I want to do. If you're with your spouse, put your arm around them. If you fought on the way to church, get over it. If you're not here with your spouse, um, I want to I pray first for those who, of you who are here without your spouse. Um, if you could just open your hands up. Jeff, am I doing okay? Yeah,
0: you're doing great.
1: <laughs> I'm just going to wait a second. Just, let's just open our hands up. Um, I love it. Some of these couples like hugging each other. Maybe maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe you need to hug each other. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we just ask you, Lord, would you show up right here in the middle of this, this little gathering in San Marcos, California. God, would you show up here in the middle of our humanity? Would you show up here in the middle of our struggles? Would you, would you just show us that you see us here today? Would you show us today that, that we're seen and that we're known, and we're known by you. God, I pray right now for individuals that are here that are just in a, in a relationship, in a marriage, um, where there's been something that's been broken. There's, there's been a breaking. I see that there's a fracture. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would do the what seems like the impossible and you would grab a hold of the hearts of every man and woman who's involved, Lord, and that you would draw us, like Pastor Jeff said, draw us close to you. Would you draw us close to you here this morning? Lord, that every single marriage would be strengthened, not because of some self-help exercise, but because there's, there's a mutual submission to Jesus and Jesus Christ alone, to the willingness to ask for him to step into the middle of those relationships. God, I pray for the strength of every single um, marriage, but this, this is crazy. If you're single in the room, I pray, Lord Jesus, for every single future relationship. Lord, we don't just get to pray for what is. God, we are digging. We are going to take the opportunity to dig the trenches and to break the ground, the longing, the need. Lord, we want to see. We want to see your kingdom come. come. come kingdom. We want to see your kingdom come. come, kingdom. come. Yes. For those, I felt like some of you. There's a couple of you in the room who have gone through divorce, and I just felt like the Lord wanted to minister to your heart right now, and He wanted to bring. Um, when Jeff was saying, he's talking about grace. When you were saying that. There is grace that God, like there, there's a reconciliation and a restoration that I just feel like God has for you. It doesn't mean, grace is amazing. It doesn't mean that you get all the steps right all the way down the street. It's that when we turn our face to God this morning, what God is asking to turn your face to him and he's got grace for you. And so, Lord, we just, we break off guilt, we break off shame, and we ask for you to minister to the hearts of the individuals here. I'm going to let Pastor Jeff close us up here. If you need prayer for something, don't hesitate. Um, we have ministry team members. We can get prayer. Don't hesitate. I'm going to let Pastor Jeff close up. Um, thank you for letting me participate yeah, it's been waiting yeah there's a uh, this is the last one there, there, there there's a there's a there's a, there's a couple um, that is new here and um, and they've been searching and they've been looking and I don't know what that means that's very broad but they literally have been searching and looking and the picture that I got was like fumbling through websites trying to find like a place that's gonna minister to your heart and um, and I, and I felt like that couple. The Lord wants to minister to their heart here this morning. So if that's you or if you're on our online campus, let us know. I'm going to let Pastor Jeff um, close us up today.
0: Thank you guys for being graceful in this moment. See how tender the Holy Spirit is. Biblical order brings biblical results. We bless you as you go. If you need prayer and want to linger longer, stay. Don't leave until it's time inside where you feel like you can go. But for those... We'll see you next week. Pastor Pat has a great message. We bless you. The Spirit of God, thank you for today. Amen.